God's profound concern has always been the unity of His people. This unity established through salvation should be reflected in the Church's daily life. The Old Testament, through David, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Zephaniah, speaks of the unity and oneness of God's chosen people. In the New Testament, Jesus speaks of uniting Jews and Gentiles into one flock under one shepherd, John 10.16. Paul emphasizes that all believers will eventually be united in fellowship with God and each other. John's vision in Revelation 21.14 depicts a new heaven and earth where God dwells among men, erasing all sorrow and pain. This unity and harmony among believers is God's will, as Jesus prayed for in John 17.11. The Holy Spirit's role in fostering unity is evident during Pentecost, where believers were united in spirit and shared their possessions selflessly, Acts 2 and 4. This unity, while not a standard practice, should be the hallmark of Christian communities. Paul's letters to various churches, such as those in Ephesus, Corinth, Galatia, Philippi, and Colossae, accentuate unity, urging believers to maintain peace, love, and harmony. He speaks of the oneness in Christ, transcending cultural, social, and gender differences. Peter and John also stress the importance of harmony, love, and walking in God's light. Disharmony among believers can severely impact the church's growth, fellowship, and witness. Paul, in Romans 15, underscores the significance of unity by urging believers to please one another, using Christ as the model. He outlines six spiritual characteristics to achieve unity. Regard for others, disregard of self, conformity to Christ, submission to Scripture, dependence on divine power, and giving glory to God. Also, John MacArthur affirms the principle of believers, especially the spiritually strong, bearing the weaknesses of those who are weaker. The term ought, ophelo, signifies a strong obligation or debt, as seen in Hebrews 5.3, where the high priest is obligated to offer sacrifices. Moreover, John's first letter uses this term to highlight our duty to emulate God's example, such as walking as Christ walked and loving one another as God loved us. The word bear, bastazo, means to pick up and carry a burden. This is not just about tolerating weaknesses, but actively helping to carry them. This involves refraining from criticism, showing respect for differing views, and prioritizing others' interests over our own, as mentioned in Philippians 2, 3, 4. The essence is to show genuine love and consideration for fellow believers, avoiding disputes over minor issues and being sensitive to those still influenced by past religious practices. Mature believers should willingly limit their freedoms to avoid offending less mature Christians. Paul exemplifies this attitude in 1 Corinthians 9.19.22, where he adapts to various groups, not to compromise the gospel but to connect with them and potentially lead them to Christ. This isn't about seeking human approval as Paul clarifies in Galatians 1.10, but about sacrificing personal liberties for the spiritual benefit of others, even if it might help lead unbelievers to Christ. Furthermore, Christian liberty, as understood by the mature believer, often requires self-sacrifice. This is especially true when the goal is to support the weaknesses of those without strength, V1A. While believers are granted freedom from religious superstitions and certain ceremonial restrictions, this freedom is not for selfish indulgence, 
Instead, it's for the collective benefit of the Church. Every believer has the same liberty in Christ, but due to varying levels of spiritual maturity, the reckless use of this liberty by one can harm another believer or even an entire congregation. Paul expressed his distress over the Philippian Church when he learned that some members prioritized their own interests over those of Christ. Phil 2.21. These members weren't necessarily teaching incorrect doctrines or leading immoral lives. Instead, they were more focused on their own interests than those of fellow believers. This lack of concern for others indicated a lack of genuine concern for Christ and his church. Similarly, the church in Rome had members who prioritized their own interests. Paul urged them and everyone to prioritize the well-being of their neighbors. This call for selflessness is all-encompassing, with no exceptions, not even for apostles. The goal is to promote the good and edification of our neighbors, even if it means sacrificing our own comfort or pleasure. Paul's message is consistent. Believers should seek peace and mutual edification. Romer 14.19 To truly benefit our neighbors and promote their spiritual growth, believers must adopt a mindset of unity, love, and humility. This means valuing others above oneself and not acting out of selfishness or vanity. It's about emulating the attitude of Christ Jesus, who exemplified selflessness and love. Phil 2.2.5 In addition, MacArthur delves into the selfless attitude of Jesus Christ, as described in the New Testament. Drawing from Philippians 2.6.8, MacArthur underscores Jesus' humility and obedience, asserting that even though he was in the form of God, he chose not to cling to that equality. Instead, he humbled himself, taking on the form of a servant and submitting to death on the cross. Jesus' life was marked by a profound desire to please his Father, even if it meant personal sacrifice. This sentiment is echoed in various passages from the Gospel of John, where Jesus repeatedly affirms his commitment to doing his Father's will over his own. For instance, in John 4.34, Jesus states that his sustenance comes from doing the will of the one who sent him. Similarly, in John 5.30 and John 6.38, he reiterates his mission to fulfill the Father's will, not his own. Further, MacArthur references Jesus' statements in John, highlighting his unity with the Father and his voluntary sacrifice for humanity's sins. Jesus' declaration, I and the Father are one, John 10.30, signifies his complete alignment with God's purpose. Besides, this is highlighted when Jesus speaks of his authority to lay down his life and take it up again, John 10:17-18. Drawing a parallel to believers, MacArthur notes that while humans lack the power to control life and death as Jesus did, they can, through the Holy Spirit, emulate Christ's selfless attitude. This means willingly pleasing God, even in the face of adversity. Such a disposition should be evident in every believer who seeks to be conformed to Christ and desires to uplift their brethren. Additionally, MacArthur indicates the importance of the Old Testament in guiding Christian believers. Even though the ceremonial requirements of the Old Covenant are no longer binding, the Old Testament remains valuable for instruction. Paul, in his letters, often referred to the Old Testament as a source of wisdom and guidance. He believed that all Scripture, including the Old Testament, is divinely inspired and beneficial for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. 
Also, Paul used the events of the Exodus as examples to guide believers in their faith journey. Perseverance is another key theme. It is the act of remaining faithful to the Lord through all circumstances. This perseverance is both a command and a gift from God. It is associated with sustained faith and obedience, even in the face of persecutions and afflictions. God provides encouragement to persevere through the Scriptures, which offer reasons to maintain hope for a glorious future. The Scriptures, especially the Old Testament, are filled with references to hope in God. The Psalmists, for instance, often express their hope in the Lord and His promises. Job's story is a testament to the power of hope and perseverance, as he remained faithful despite immense suffering. Paul reminded the Ephesians of their past without hope and the transformative power of God's Word. In essence, MacArthur underscores the inseparability of God and His Word when it comes to a believer's hope. The living Word, Christ Jesus, is the hope for believers, a truth revealed in the written Word. Moreover, in Romans 15.5, Paul maintains the paradox of God's expectations and His provision. Furthermore, while God demands certain behaviors and attitudes from believers, He graciously provides the means to achieve them. The verse highlights that it is God who grants perseverance and encouragement. This is a testament to the believer's reliance on divine power. In addition, just as believers are encouraged to draw strength from God's Word, they are urged to seek His power through prayer. Paul's benediction in this passage is a prayer for unity among the Roman believers. He prays that they would be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. This unity is not about agreeing on every minor detail, but about harmonizing on essential truths and principles rooted in Christ. Further, the harmony that God seeks among His followers, He promises to provide. The Apostle's message is particularly relevant in the context of disagreements among believers over non-essential issues. Such disagreements, especially between mature and less mature believers, can lead to conflict. Paul's exhortation is for believers to maintain a spirit of love, unity, and brotherly harmony, even amidst differing views. This unity is centered on their shared faith in Christ Jesus. Importantly, Paul underscores that the ability to achieve this unity is not by human effort, but through the power of God. Besides, the ultimate aim of Christian unity is to glorify God. This unity is not just about pleasing fellow believers, but primarily about pleasing the Lord. True glorification of God is achieved when believers unite in worship and praise. Jesus consistently referred to God as his Father, except during his crucifixion when he bore humanity's sins. This consistent reference to God as his Father was one reason Jewish leaders accused Jesus of blasphemy as he equated himself with God. Additionally, Paul, in pointing out the call for believers to glorify God, underscores Jesus' deity. Jesus isn't an adopted son of God like believers, but is the unique son, filled with grace and truth. He is the Messiah, equal to God the Father in deity. The New Testament frequently discusses the relationship between God the Father and the Son. Paul, in his letters, praises and acknowledges this relationship, reiterating the spiritual blessings believers receive through Christ. Also, he prophesies that every being will acknowledge Jesus as Lord, glorifying God the Father. Peter and John, in their writings, echo Paul's sentiments 
repeating the blessings from God and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. John highlights that grace, mercy, and peace come equally from God the Father and the Son. Jesus' prayer, as recorded in John, is for unity among believers, reflecting the unity between him and the Father. This unity serves as a testimony to the world of God's love and the divine mission of Jesus. In conclusion, God's overarching desire is for the unity of his people, a theme prevalent throughout both the Old and New Testaments. The Old Testament prophets spoke of the unity of God's chosen, while in the New Testament, Jesus underlined the merging of Jews and Gentiles into one flock. Paul, in his letters, consistently highlighted the importance of unity among believers, transcending all barriers. He urged churches to maintain harmony, love, and peace, underscoring the oneness in Christ. The Holy Spirit's role in fostering unity was evident during Pentecost, where believers shared selflessly. Moreover, MacArthur stresses the duty of believers to bear the weaknesses of the weaker. The term ought signifies a strong obligation, while bear means to actively help carry burdens. This involves prioritizing others' interests, refraining from criticism, and being sensitive to those influenced by past religious practices. Mature believers should limit their freedoms to avoid offending others, as Paul demonstrated in his interactions with various groups. Furthermore, Christian liberty, as understood by mature believers, requires self-sacrifice, especially when supporting the weaknesses of those without strength. While believers have freedom from certain religious restrictions, this freedom should benefit the church collectively. Paul expressed concern over churches that prioritize personal interests over those of Christ and the community. Believers should prioritize the well-being of their neighbors, promoting peace, mutual edification, and unity. In addition, MacArthur highlights Jesus' selfless attitude, emphasizing his humility and obedience. Jesus consistently prioritized his Father's will over his own, as evident in various passages from the Gospel of John. Believers through the Holy Spirit can emulate Christ's selflessness, prioritizing God even in adversity. Further, the Old Testament remains valuable for Christian instruction. Paul often referred to it for wisdom and guidance. Perseverance, a key theme, involves remaining faithful to God through challenges. The Scriptures provide hope and encouragement for believers to persevere. Besides, Paul highlights God's provision for the behaviors he expects from believers. Unity among believers is essential, especially amidst differing views on non-essential issues. This unity, centered on faith in Christ, is achieved through God's power. Lastly, the ultimate aim of Christian unity is to glorify God. Jesus consistently referred to God as his Father, accentuating his deity. Paul, Peter, and John all affirmed the blessings believers receive through Christ and the importance of unity among believers, reflecting the unity between Jesus and the Father. This unity testifies to God's love and Jesus' divine mission.